I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. It's Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is uh, Can't See You When I Want To, a uh, solo um, recording by Stack songwriter David Porter. Born on this day in 1941, so uh, happy birthday today to David Porter. So, where, do you know where your turkey is right now? You know. do, do you know where your turkey is right now? Uh, my turkey is at Whole Foods, presumably. My wife, we, ordered, <laughs> we did order our turkey from Whole Foods. A shout out to your guy who contacted last week. Oh, okay. we, we are getting a Whole Foods turkey. My wife ordered it. She's picking it up. I don't know when. I don't think today. Maybe it's tomorrow. It's a fresh turkey I, I then, because otherwise you need to be thawing your turkey. I'm told you yeah, need no, to be no, thawing no. your turkey now. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're not getting a frozen turkey. So she'll she'll pick it up whatever day we need to pick it up, and then we'll begin the process. And we, we're doing we're doing the traditional wet brine. There's, uh, people talk about dry brine, which certain nurse I can tell is just like rubbing it in salt. But we're doing like an actual brine. We'll be brining our turkey, our fresh turkey. We'll be brining it and then roasting it, and then we're and then we're off. I did, I confess, um, Jennifer Biggs from the Daily Memphian, and she. Um, she uh, uh, put up her piece, whatever, about how to disassemble the turkey. And I went and watched the video. I watched this video about this woman making the turkey. And right. I, I, just, I just balk at the whole idea that you should serve pieces of turkey. That's just insane. That's crazy. But it's an interesting... Well, you, 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 serve, you serve the turkey, like, cut up, but you present right. the turkey full, right? Yeah, you want the... I want the Norman Rockwell big bird of on a platter that, that you want to look at. To me, the, the aesthetics of the turkey are, is part of, the, is part of my, my, my multiple point defense of the Thanksgiving turkey is the aesthetics of the whole bird. Are you prepared to acknowledge that you're sacrificing flavor at least to some extent? By, like I went and watched the whole video, and there's a whole elaborate way she – chops up this turkey in advance. Did you Have you watched it? Have you watched this video? I, I have not. I'm familiar with the concept, but I have yeah. not watched uh, the it's video. It's fascinating. Like she, she, a lot of things, You first you, some of the things, like you just loosen the legs. You cut them, but you need them to stabilize when you then cut these other parts off. There's a whole process to disassembling this turkey. And then the theory is, because you have it in parts, every different, and then she does dry brine it, which seems like an oxymoron to me, but whatever, so right. you, you then, you, you're then getting every part of the, like you're getting more parts dry brined in advance because you have them separated and whatever else, yeah. and they cook more evenly. And they, it does make sense to me that it would taste marginally, I don't know that I could tell the difference better this way. Do you concede? No. 
I, yeah, no, I, I th- that makes sense. That 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 passes muster for me conceptually. I my my thing is that I I feel like our our wet brine traditionally roasted full bird has done right. very well in the past, and we get the the advantage of opening the oven and taking out a big um, full right, golden exactly. bird. So. And uh, will this be served at your? T- it's a your Thanksgiving table. It's it. Or is yeah, it, well, you know, we bounce around. We we we've you know about ten years ago we decided we're not traveling for Thanksgiving, so we only do Thanksgiving in Memphis since then. But we bounce around at different houses because my dad and stepmom are here, and both of my brothers are here, so we we bounce around. But we are doing it at our house this year, so we are hosting Thanksgiving. All right, it was a bummer of a weekend for the Grizzlies, but let's start with the good news before the bad. Uh, you were at Friday's game and wrote a piece about it and uh, celebrated the return, not just the I mean, he, had, he had returned earlier, but the return to form. It was a, it was a fabulous performance by Jaron and a promising performance by Jaron Jackson Jr., yes? I think it was one of the best sort of complete games he's ever played. I mean, he's had games where he scored more points and he's had more blocks and he's done more of individual things. But in terms of putting together a complete game at both ends of the floor, defense, and not only defense and offense, but different kinds of offense, and the rebounding, which is, you know, and the not fouling, like really like everything. He sort of checked every box. And, you know, for him to have 12 rebounds and three blocks and two fouls, um, 11 free throw attempts, like that, that kind of physical force to his game on both ends of the floor without the high foul rate is something we haven't seen a lot. And then you throw in, like, making the threes. Um, I thought he just played a great game. I, I think he, he – he, in his, when he was on the floor for stretches, he, he played dominant basketball on both ends of the floor for long stretches. You're not going to get that every night, obviously. But I think, and I asked him after the game about, you know, the rebounds and the physical force, and he talked about, you know, being stronger this year and also learning from Steven Adams. And I went back and looked at some of, like, the rebounds in that game, and you could see what he was talking about. He talked about, like, you know, learn from Steven Adams to do your work early and lean on guys and get yourself in position before before the shot comes off the rim. And you can, if you go back and watch, you can see him doing it in a way he probably didn't do it two years ago. I think two years ago he just stood there, right? Right. And, and then he was out of, out of, out of position when, when it was time to actually get a rebound, and you could see him doing the Steven Adams, Zach Randolph, I'm going to lean on this guy and get my body in the right spot, you know, two beats before I have to actually go up and get the rebound. So let's hope, you know, that continues on. I don't know if it will, but I think you saw a Jaron Jackson that, you know, growing is growing into this big body now. He came in at age 19, probably still growing physically. You can see him. He's added some bulk. He's grown into the body. And in terms of the power stuff as a rebounder, in terms of finishing around the basket, it was very promising to me. And the three-point shots hit. Some might say well, some nights they won't. But I'm convinced they're going to hit enough for him for that to be a weapon in his game. I was uh, – you had two numbers there that you talked about. One was the uh, the, the double-triple. Is that right? Was the is that yeah? What, yeah. What, and what's the double triple again? Three three pointers and three blocks in the same game. Okay, and he does this like this is something he does uh, at a at a it's, high. Yeah, it, yeah go it's, ahead. it's rare in basketball. It's even you know fairly rare for him, but not that much for him. He did it six times last year, even though he had a bad shooting season. And yet, how many double doubles had he had before? Like it it was. Staggering. Well, I don't know about double doubles. Twenty and ten triple, was what yeah. I cited. Yeah, and so and twenty and ten, he had. had Last season, he had six games where he made three three-pointers and had three blocks. These double-triple games. Six times last season. Right. Before Friday night, he had had six 20-10 games in his career. <laughs> so that was That's the seventh. That's incredible. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't rebound. Because he doesn't get rebound. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. And so, 
you know, what, that's the traditional big man stuff. That's supposed right. to be the easy stuff, and the, the blocks and threes are the things like nobody can, nobody can really do, very few players. And so, you know, if you can do both of those in the same game, like he had the 2010 game and the double-triple in the same game, I didn't, I didn't go back and look and see if that was a first. That may be a first. But, like, that's, you don't see that happening a lot. I was fascinated by that conversation with uh, Stephen Adams because, yes, the rebounding is it's, – it's, it's, it's different things. One is just growing into the body. And it's interesting that even though he wasn't able to work on his quote-unquote skills this summer as much as he might have wanted, he still was like – he could work on his you know, strength this summer. He was like, able to lift weights yeah. and like do whatever. Exactly. Again. But then I thought the stuff with Steven was, was really interesting. That he was. Well, it was with Jaron talking about Stephen. Yeah, Jer- yeah. Jaron talking about about not just watching Stephen, but talking to him about leverage and about how you the the art of rebounding. You know, a lot of times with rebounding, they're like, "Oh, well, you this person just has an instinct for they know where the ball's going to go." That's what you hear all the time, right? But this idea that there is a craft to it that you can learn, and that he is the interest dedicated to learning, I thought was really I, I thought it was fascinating. Well, this was something we saw with Zach Randolph for years, this sort of bumping around and pushing around, you know, while the shot's going up, instead of, you know, and getting yourself in position to get the rebound, to get the putback. And that was something Zach Randolph was great at. It's something Steven Adams was great at. It's the kind of thing, there's no stat for it, you know, other than you get the rebound. But, like, you know, there's no, I guess, box out is the stat, but this is not really a box out. It's something a little different than that. It's like the nudge that, like, helps your positioning, right? The thing that might be a foul if you do it too hard, or the referee's looking too closely, but like most of the time you'll get away with it. It's that kind of thing. And like I said, I, after Jaron said that, I went back and just rewatched because you can do this on NBA.com. If you know where to look, you can click a button and sort of watch a film, film reel of different stuff. So I watched all the rebounds, and you could see him doing that, you know, on a lot of those rebounds. Okay. So we have this interesting phenomenon where if you're looking at the Grizzlies' ceiling for how it could look, if everything comes together at the end, it's damn promising what has happened. We've seen yep. Ja take another leap. We've seen Dez take another leap. And we've seen this Jaron who is like, well, that's a hell of a promising Jaron. And yet right. you have this re- <laughs> the, the, also the reality whereby because of the injuries, they could be 500 pretty soon. Like, you know, and they could be, you know, and then yeah. who knows how it'll go during the course of the season, but they could end up sixth or they could be in the play-in, like depending on – you see the ravages of injury, and yet the upside has never looked higher. No, I think that's all correct. I, I think I think the good news is, like, I think the West is going to be mm. – the, the fact that the West is so tight means, like, you could look up and, like, you're in the play-in or – Frankly, some team is going to look up and they're not even in the play-in and they thought they were going to be a playoff team. Like, if you have 11 teams that think they're going to be playoff teams and you only got 10 spots even with the play-in, someone's going to get left out. I think it's highly unlikely the Grizzlies are that team, but I, you can't roll it out. Um, and so there's that danger to it, but the, but the good part of that is that there's probably not going to be big separation anytime soon. So if you have a bad couple of weeks, like you're not going to look up and like, oh, man, we're in trouble now. I think it's too early in the season for that. Um, but but I, I feel like the next and this is what I'm going to write about today. I'm working on my weekly column. I've written everything but the lead, and so this will be the lead. Um, 
I think the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. Whether they'll be good or not is a separate question. They'll be interesting in that you know, this team started the season with Ja and Dez and without Dylan and Jaron to start the season. And, and, you know, a week or two into the season, you looked up and they were top five offense and they were like 29th out of 30 teams in defense. Right. And they were, they were winning games based on the offense. And now for the next two weeks, they're going to have, presumably, you hope, they're going to have Dylan and Jaron, right. but they're not going to have Dez and Ja. And so it's going to flip a little bit. Can they play elite defense? With with Dylan and Jaron together, and can they play elite defense in a way that can carry them to a decent record? And so you go from an all from an offense oriented team around two players to a defensive oriented team around two different players, and the hope is at some point, you know, in the near horizon, you put both these things together, and then who knows what you can do. Uh, to to your point of the uh, the West, I mean, and the Grizzlies are not the only ones suffering from this. Dame Lillard is out now, right. uh, and so. Uh, he's going to be reevaluated in one to two weeks. It is a bummer with, obviously, Des and Jaws' absence, particularly because, I mean, you've pointed this out before. The, the game after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving is a fun night. Like, that's just a yeah. f- secret fun night. And so there's two games this week. All these people are back in town. It would be wonderful to go down there and watch John Moran play basketball, and we can't. I mean that's just a yeah, bummer, and you're right? Not gonna, and you're not going to have them, you know, tomorrow night with with De'Aaron Fox and a really hot Sacramento right. t- team in town, which is a bummer. I will say for the game on Friday, and this is my my matchup of the week that'll be in my column. Everyone focuses on the Jaws Ion thing, and for good reason. You know, the top right. two picks in their draft, former AAU teammates, you know, signature stars of, the, of their generation, et cetera, et cetera. The actual on court matchup is more Zion and Jaron. and we've seen that even less. They have played against each other once ever. Wow, this is their. This is their fourth season playing the same position in the same division. And the only time, unless I missed something, I'll go back and re- double-check before I publish, but the only time they shared the floor is in, was in the Orlando bubble. Like, that's it, ever. Wow. So hopefully we'll at least get that on Friday. Do we, uh, in terms of the injury itself, it's too bad, and it's another ankle, and we know he gets his ankle hurt. Is it... Right. Is, is it just like this is the price of doing business with Ja, or is it also there's some worry about some sort of chronic ankle? You know what I mean? Now, those are different, slightly different things. Like, ah, he's going to tweeze it. He's a slight guy. He's going to twist his ankle. We're going to miss him for a couple weeks every year. Or is there some worry that's some accumulation? I, you're not a doctor. I, I don't know about the accumulation chronic part of it, right. but I would say that like, this is the kind of injury that you can see happening a lot with a guy who plays the right. way he plays. Um, and I, I suspect, I mean, I mean, Grizzlies sort of have a reputation for being cautious, cautious with injury stuff. Ja has a reputation for coming back sooner than expected. Right. I, I got to think with this, given, the, given where they're at in the season, I have to think with this and with Desmond Bain, they're going to be pretty cautious because these are the kind of things that if you don't really let them heal, they could just keep bothering you. And it would be best, even if you suffer a week, you know, an extra week or so, it would be better to totally clear these up and not have it be something that's like, you know, impacting you in a way that is preventable, um, you know, in, in, in February, March, April. Didn't Steph have ankle stuff at the beginning of his year? And then he stopped having he ankle lo- stuff. Yeah, he right? had a lot. And that's one of the reasons why his second contract, his first post-rookie contract was you know, he was nowhere close to a max. It was like right. a bargain. What what came quickly came to be a bargain contract, and it was partly because of concerns about ankle injuries that sort of lowered the price tag on that contract. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.